If you haven't heard those, I'd encourage you to go on the website and uh, have a look there and listen. Um, just, to, just on that note, I know it's probably... Um, we're busy redoing the website. So it is a bit all over the place at the moment, post-COVID, but we are onto it. And I know there's some anomalies that, uh, and we are aware of them, that on some of the recordings I sound like a chipmunk. That's not me. It's something to do with the tech. So we are aware of those things and we are working on them. But if you can bear with that, um, I don't think Werner sounded like a chipmunk when I listened to him this last two weeks. The, so that's fine. So what I encourage you, if you haven't heard those, go on, online and listen to those. But he spoke about, mostly this last week, about having an apostolic heart. A heart to, to, to go beyond a bigger picture and, and what we encourage to do and what we call to come and take the hill country and, uh, and what we do as part of that. And so this morning's message is, is slightly different from a normal preach purely because I want to add to that, but I, that, uh, together with the last two weeks, kind of lay an intro for our next series that we're about to go into. But also what Werner touched on was uh, about being a base church. And so I'm not going to go on, as, uh, because that's the focus of the, the, the next series, of how to build a base and what that entails and all of those things, um, and the outworking of those. But I want to, uh, to add to or build on what was said over the last two weeks as, as in, in relation to, to what that means for us in reality of how we live this out at the moment with, a, with an apostolic translocal heart, uh, what that, a little bit more of what that means and some of the practicalities of that, but also some of the things that we are now uh, doing. So I want to start with a local church because I know some people have heard these things, but some people that's n- not really there yet, but... It's always important for us to, again, go back to what the Word says and see and work out all those things, especially coming out of the last few years. I think it's really good that we focus on those. So we've done series recently of looking at pictures of the church, of the, the different pictures that the Scriptures use, what that is. We've looked at values. We've looked at all of the culture and all of those things. And, and there's a momentum that God's building for us into what He's calling us to, looking at some of the words over the church. But I want to start by looking at a local church. What does a local church mean? mean that's not the whole of today's preach it's a little bit um and that's what what we mean when we speak about these things because i am aware that when we speak i might think well that's logical that's biblical that's what it is and that's what i mean but every single one of you might think something completely different because you've heard it differently because of the backgrounds you come from and everything else so i was going to lay some foundations of what these things are that we speak so that actually we're on the same page and the local church when i say local church i mean a local church congregation in a, a, a geographical area so you there are two levels of that one is the local church across crawley so that's every uh church and um, believer that calls out in the name of god who follow him who are his children but that's general, that's a city church. But what I'm focusing today is actually us as a local congregation. That when we speak about the local church, we're speaking about a congregation or a community or family of believers in a specific place with the structure that we see in Scripture. And so that would be like us, Christ Church here in Crawley. And when we look at Scripture, we see that actually God puts us into family, puts us into those local communities with, and there is a structure in that, and there's leadership in that of elders and deacons, and that local church is where we are to grow, to be discipled, to disciple, to serve, to uh, work out our salvation with each other, to grow in Him, to encourage and strengthen one another, but also to reach out to the lost in our town and beyond. 
And when we see the local church, we have elders, and the elders are, the, when you look in Scripture, in 1 Timothy 3, 1 Peter 5, uh, and also in, uh, in Titus, we see that elders have some primary functions, and not everybody's an elder, and elders aren't a badge that you wear. Elders aren't appointed by man. It's a, it's a call of God, anointed by him and recognized by man, and they set in place in order to oversee, to pastor, to, um, to shepherd the sheep. That's all of us. So elders are the highest authority in a local church, not by their own doing or their own instigation or because it's on a business card or because someone else says. It's because God has called, man has recognized that anointing and call, and they've been ordained to do that in the local church. And there's a responsibility in that. And the words that Scripture use, being pastor and overseer and shepherd, are all summed up in that one word, elder. And if you look in those different Scriptures, and I'm not doing a whole teach on that today, but if you look in those Scriptures, you see those words interchangeably used to describe the one office, and that is of an elder who has the responsibility of government, direction, vision, uh, discipline, and uh, in the life of the local church. So it's elders are those who take responsibility before God to lead the local church into everything that God has for us. When correction needs to be brought, it's through that. When they're there to, uh, to ensure that we stay on track with doctrine and teaching uh, and, and that we're all going in the same direction as to what God's called us to. Make sense? I know it's like a very brief summary, but I, and that's intentional because that's not the focus of this morning. Together with the elders is another group of leaders called deacons. And I know we don't often use these words because they're not common in our language, but they are essential to our understanding. And the deacon is one who is also gifted and called by God and recognized by man and brought into that place through the elders bringing deacons on. And deacons are there to help and to co-labor with elders in the leading of the church. And so I know some people think deacons again are a board or something else. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. The deacons are there to lead with the elders in, in maturing and encouraging and building up and strengthening the local church. And they have a spiritual responsibility and also often a practical responsibility as well. Not only, but that's a spiritual office. And they help us to shepherd, to pastor, to lead. And so in the life of this church, deacons are those who would lead home groups or children's ministry or worship ministry or or different ministries and that have a pastoral responsibility and a spiritual responsibility to help us to ensure that all those that God gives us or sends or be part of us grow in God and in our walk with him and our effectiveness and our uh, come to maturity in him and 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 those are the offices of leadership in the new testament in the church And I know that different churches have different structures and different things, but we're trying to be as as biblically correct as we can. And those are the structures that are in in the biblical model, and so that's what we have. But we need to understand that those are functions that God and, and uh, that in the life of the church, not positions that are higher or above or anything else. But actually, like I've said many, many times before, we are all equal. We just have different calls, different anointings, different responsibilities. And those of elders and deacons are to be in front, to lead, to govern, to direct, and to show the way. And to encourage and bring others through so that more and more as the church grows, as the eldership grows, as the leadership team grows, then, and as the church grows, we grow more and more. And when the scripture speaks about the saints 
often we see in the letters where Paul writes, he writes to the saints, the deacons and the elders. We need to remember that he does that just to cover all the bases. But elders and deacons are also saints. Sometimes we think, well, that's the saints, those are the elders, those are the... No, we're all saints. Some of those saints happen to be elders. Some of those saints happen to be deacons. In order that we can all go in the right direction and make sure that we're built up in the faith. Because we need leadership. We need those who would preach the gospel, preach the word, make sure, especially in our world, where there is so much that's being said. There's so much that comes again and says, well, it's not, it's, it's not my truth, therefore it's not truth. And that's, you can't do that. It's, it's, that's old, traditional old thinking. You have to adjust this. You, you can't believe that because that's nonsense and it's old. This is that's behind the times. And what we need to be is those who, we need those who lead. Who unapologetically, and here we unapologetically preach the word of God. Whether it's popular, whether it's politically correct, I really don't care. It needs to be preached as truth because it is the truth. And yes, one day we might get into huge amounts of trouble. But that's nothing new. That's what happened when the church first started in Acts. And so we mustn't shy away from that and think, well, that's a modern phenomenon that we... It's what happened then. It will happen now. The question is... Are we willing to stand on the truth? Or will we compromise? In for sake of culture. This isn't even today's message. But just a, an important question for us to settle. Either we believe the word of God or we don't. You can't have a half-hearted. Or oh, I choose this but not that. As soon as you do that, you, you're off track. You're in trouble. And that's why God gives us each other. That's why God gives us leaders. That's why God gives us those around us that can encourage and keep us going and keep reminding us, this is what the Word says. This is what the Word says. Because we need to hear it. Just as that picture that Katie was doing of walking on the path and then veering off and being whacked by a, 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 a thistle and then God saying, don't let that ruin the journey. Get back onto the path. Sometimes that's what's needed. Anyway, don't know who needed to hear that this morning, but that wasn't in the plan of the preach. But we are all saints. Some are called to lead as elders, some as deacons, but we all called to minister. We are all called to be involved. We are all called to use whatever gifting God's given us to disciple, to make disciples, to evangelize, to preach the gospel, to reach the nations, to grow, to go, and all of those things. It's a whole church thing. It's not just us and them. It's, it's everybody. And so that's the local church. And God puts us in the local church for our own good because that's how he's designed us to live. Not skipping around, not being on our own, but in a local church, submitted, working together, growing in him to reach the fullness of what he's called us to be. The whole church, getting to know God more and more and more and making him known to those around us. Reaching the lost, preaching the gospel, making disciples, planting churches, impacting the world and you know you as you follow Jesus can make an incredible impact beyond what you can ever imagine you might think it's just you here and what are you doing if you follow God and do whatever Jesus tells you no matter how simple or no matter how complex no matter how small it looks in your mind it has a spiritual impact that transforms lives for eternity for eternity doesn't just make a difference for a week or a month or a new year's resolution for eternity that's what we give ourselves to 
Because that's what he's called us to, and that's what we've been created for. So that's the local church. And so the pattern we see in Scripture is that there are a number of local churches around, but they are not independent. They are autonomous, which means that they, are self, they, they, they have local government, which is the elders and the deacons. But they're not independent of everybody else and just going on their own mission. You see, the problem with that would be, then what happens if we kind of got it wrong slightly, then the whole load of us, and that, that kind of, you walk in a dangerous place if you're an independent church not connected with anybody else. But the pattern we see in Scripture is equally not denominations where there's hierarchy and, and control and all of those things. And what we see in Scripture is this, and I'd encourage you, if, if, if you haven't done this already and you don't understand it, read through Acts. You can read through the book of Acts in one sitting. It is possible. It's not that long. Maybe a couple of hours. Uh, turn Netflix off and read the book of Acts for an evening. You'll get through it all. But what it does is it gives you an overview of the whole picture and the journey. See, sometimes if we're reading it little by little, which is important for us to study, but I'd encourage you, read the whole thing. Then go back and study individually because it gives you the overview of what happens. And what we see are teams, uh, are, are these local churches and a teams of translocal ministry. And translocal just means beyond the local. That's all it means. There's nothing special. That's just logically what it means. And so it's operating from there and connecting all the other ch- with those. So they're not in isolation. They're in relationship and partnership with translocal ministry. That seems to be the norm of New Testament living. That seems to be how God's worked it out in the book of Acts. And so that's what we need to be doing is saying, how do we work with translocal ministry in order to see the nations of the world reached for the go- with the gospel? Because that's our commission. Remember the Great Commission to, to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. And Jesus then said to disciples in Acts when, um, that they would wait in Jerusalem. When the Holy Spirit comes in them, they would receive power, and they would be his witnesses where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's for each one of us. To the ends of the earth. That commission still remains that privilege still remains for us to be a part of. That's why we're here. Not just crawling to the ends of the earth. That's why it's important to work in partnership with translocal ministry. You see, in a local context, we build community, but we don't build community in the church for the sake of community. We build community with a purpose. And that whole purpose of community is centered around what? The gospel. That's what Christian community is. It's not centered around uh, fads or likes or, I don't know, hobbies or interests. Our community is focused and centered around Jesus and the gospel. As we build, this, as we build the church and we reach the nations, it's, we connect it intentionally, not just relationship, but partnership. Because it's different. Relationships, just friendship and covenant and all those things. But partnership is probably a better word for what the scriptures would speak of as covenant relationship. Because a partnership requires commitment. It requires cost that we actually intentionally are doing something together. It means that actually we have the privilege of making our resources available for everybody else that we work with. It means that we are going to pray for them, encourage them, go and be with them as much as they were with us for the sake of the gospel. 
It's beyond ourselves to everybody else. That's what it means to be in partnership, a relationship and a connection between the churches. And so we see that in Scripture where the teams of Paul, Apollos, uh, Silas, Timothy, Barnabas, you just read through Acts and you see these people. And those uh, trans-circle ministry gifts are Ephesians 4 ministry gifts. Again, what Werner was speaking about last week of having that apostolic heart, the translocal heart, the heart for the nations, is for every single one of us. But there's some who God calls and gifts, because that's what Ephesians 4 tells us. There are some that he calls to be pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers, apostles, so that the church would be built up and strengthened and reach full maturity. Now, the church isn't fully mature, so those offices are still needed because we still need to reach maturity, and there's still people who are unsaved and lost. And so they have these relationships. It's not headquarters. It's not uh, uh, that kind of structure. It's relational partnership. And the strength of that partnership depends on how much is given by the church and those, those ministries to each other. So it's like if, if it's the same as in the local context. You can come to this church, meet our meeting. You can visit, you can come to every meeting, you can go to home groups. But if you commit to be a part of the church, that's another level. That's actually, I'm opening my life up. I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself to you and serving and ministering and giving and seeing how I can be investing my time, my finance, my abilities, everything for the sake of the kingdom so we can do this together. And the, the more we do that, the more we receive that. And it's not dependent on me saying you have to. It's depending on each one of us saying, I'm committing myself to. You know, in Acts it says, in Acts chapter 2 it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, prayer, fellowship, breaking of bread. And we can read through Acts and we can see those incredible things that happened, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, thousands being saved, people raised from the dead, and we can long for those. But you know what I think the key is? Let's not long for the outworking. Let's give ourselves to the devotion. Because how are you going to see lost, saved, people raised from the dead if you don't devote yourself to prayer? If you don't, how are we going to see those happen if we don't devote ourselves to fellowship centered around Jesus? How are we going to see those things if we don't devote ourselves to the Word? You can see, we can see all those things that happen. We want those. But are we willing to devote ourselves? Because the level at which we devote ourselves to Him and partnering together is the level at which we grow in maturity in our lives and have impact. In the same way, on a translocal level, the exact same thing happens. The more we give ourselves to being involved with and, and commit to and give to and of everything that we are and God has called us to, to those partnering relationships, the more we also receive from that and the stronger those relationships happen. And you see, it's a relational thing. And the, and the strength of the relationship will, will, will show where, is the basis on which the, the ministry happens. So you see, if you miss out that understanding of devotion, connection, partnership, and relationship, you can read, and it can appear that, well, Paul seems to have just imposed his opinion or invited himself in. He hasn't. He's been invited in because there's a relationship that is op- and a partnership that opens up to that. 
So you see, there are people that I have a, a good friendship with and a relationship with that I've said you can, you can speak to me as, as into my life in whatever way so that I can see my blind spots. So, I, so if I've said that, so they can, are free to do that whenever they feel they need to. Now, if someone doesn't know I've had that conversation and they overhear the person challenging me, they think, gee, that guy's presumptuous. How can he say that? It's like just imposing his idea. It's like, no, you haven't understood that underneath of that is this relationship and this commitment that I've already given the freedom to. You see, when we don't understand that importance of connection, of relationship in the partnership, we can sometimes read how Paul writes to the churches and we think it's just imposed. When actually he's got a strong relationship and that has been invited and he has the freedom to speak into that. And so how does all of that translate today? For us. Now, some of you would have heard us speak about um, the translocal team called NCMI or New Covenant Ministries International. That is a, a ministry team of people with Ephesians 4 ministry gifts that we as a church, because we as an eldership, believe that that's where we need to be partnering with. And God's knit our hearts with a common vision, purpose, and everything else to see the nations one for him. So happens that Lisa and I and Vicky and Werner all are on that team and also part of this church. But we were partnering before we were actually on that team. And that team is a recognized ministry of people around the world for, with Ephesians for giftings. And so we partner with them as a church. And so, Virgus, if we can put up this slide. So now this is, could get messy and it's not perfect. But hopefully it can bring a little bit of more sense to us to see the strength of how this works and the incredible privilege we have of this. So we have NCMI, which is a team. It's not a collection of churches. It's not a headquarters. It's nothing else. It's a team of Ephesians 4 gifted around the world that make up that team. But when we say NCMI, that's what we mean. We mean that team. Not the a collection of churches. It's that team. Okay? And that team is led, because every team needs a leader, by Tyron and Nicole Daniel. You would have heard us speaking of them before. So we have that team. Okay, next clicks. So, and the next few. So that's us. You have uh, carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on. One more, I think. Uh, yeah. So those are all local churches around the world. Not, and there are hundreds and thousands of them. These are just some of the ones that we work with. And I can't even put it up all together. So there's us. Cornerstone in, in Gauteng. Some of you know Marcus and Adele that have ministered here before. They lead that church. Uh, Devech in Munich. That's Robin Bridget Forbes that some of you have heard us talk about. The Cité in Paris. That's Fred and Vanessa Dalle. They sent a ministry video through. They preached for us once during COVID. Fred's coming to see me next month and then they hopefully will be here to minister in, towards the end of the year. 3CI in Edinburgh. That's where Ella is. Malcolm in Isles where, when she's at university. Anthem is where she's just been in Chicago. Uh, one Life is the one that one of my brothers leads in Ramsburg. So that's just an example of every single one of those are local churches with local elders in partnership with the team and the team works with and in. Okay, next one. I can't remember what the next one is. So John and Sauler. John and Sauler are from this church. Most of you would have known them. Well, John is. And in this local church, he got saved. And he responded to what God had put on his heart which was the nation of Kyrgyzstan. 
So some of you would know the story. I went with him to Kyrgyzstan. We went to have a look around. We went for two, two weeks, I think it was. Went from there, then he came back, and we came back, and then he went backwards and forwards for a while, and then it was basically, John, if you, if you feel this is it, you're going to have to move there. So that's when he moved to Kyrgyzstan. He met Saleh. They got married, and now they've came back. Remember, they spent about nine months with us, and then they went back to plant a church. So John and Saleh are there. If you could put the next click. So we have a relationship with John and Saleh because we planted them out, and they had come back, and, and we have that communication where there's a relationship and partnership. We, we encourage them, we pray for them, we send finance to them, we help them as much as we can, we visit them when we can. Right, next one. So we also, because we connected and have a relationship with NCMI as a team, we also know these guys in Germany. So the guys in Germany, they actually started a church in Mongolia. So if we put the next one. Oh, so, so, and the next one. There we go. So they chart, and the next one, told you we get messy. So they had, they originally planted a church in Mongolia, and then they moved to, to Munich. So because they work in Mongolia, which is very similar to Kyrgyzstan, and because we have a relationship with the guys in Munich, because of our connection and our partnership, we then put them into contact with John and Saula. Because they know the culture, they know the context, and so they've been working with John and Saula, so now they have a relationship and a partnership together where they've been out and spent recently more, more frequently than we have. Next one. Because they know Mongolia, they've now put the Mongolian church in connection with John and Saula and John and Saula with the Mongolian. So now there's that partnership that also works. Next one. Remember, Christ the Light is the church in London in Hampstead Heath. Those of you who know Phil and Sam, they are... Next one. They were from Cornerstone... Marcus's church. So Marcus had their own eldership with them. They felt God's call to go to London to plant a church. So they, they did that. Next one. But because we have a relationship with Cornerstone and Marcus and a work in partnership. Next one. They then put us in contact with, with them. And so they have a partnership with us. And you remember, they came here and spent two weeks with us before they even planted to because they were South African, they'd never preached in the context of England before, didn't know what it was like. So we said, come along, come spend some time with us, be involved in every meeting we have, preach, go to children's ministry, get involved, so that in some ways prepare, so that we can open a door and help them when they're in Hampstead. Next one. Lifegate in Dundee, a church that was on its own, independent, being planted out of a response to God, Found themselves there. Next one, they had a relationship and got to know Malcolm and Lynn in Edinburgh. Because of that, next one, they then started to partner with the team. Next one, and because of that relationship, we got to know them, and so now they work with us too. I was on the phone with them twice this week just talking through things. So there's a relationship there. Next one. Where's the next one? Where did that arrow go? One life. So that's my brother. So apart from being my brother, they partner with us, and so because of our relationship. Next one. See, next one. Next one. That's it. That, but do you see what I'm trying to explain? Either we are on our own, with all the complexities that come with that, and our vision is not large. Or we see what we see in Scripture, where there's this partnership that happens. Because of our partnership with that translocal team, there's then a connection with other local churches and we partner with them. We don't go through the team. We now know each other. So we send teams. We encourage. We build up. And so what you have is this incredible, and this is nothing like as complicated as it would be. I don't think we'd have a screen big enough, 
of relationships and partnerships that work for the extending of the kingdom. So you might sometimes feel that I come to Christchurch and Crawley, it's a small congregation in the middle of Crawley, what are we doing? That. Because it goes beyond. Because through all of those things, the guys, we haven't even got on to the rest of the world. So you've got, there's a church in Australia that works with Mongolia that are now being put in contact with the guys in Kyrgyzstan because they're on that side of the globe, so it makes it easier. Then there's a whole load in Africa that you just, I wouldn't even want to try and work that one out. And South America, and Singapore, and Japan, all over the world. All those little islands around New Zealand, Australia, and Malaysia, there are thousands because God's called us to reach the nations. That's why partnership is so important. That's why living as a local church with a global vision is incredibly important for each one of us. And that's what God called us to. That's what we give our lives to. And that's what we're saying. That's where we are building as a church. Lift your eyes beyond what the smallness of being a church in Crawley might be to the bigness of what God has got for us and what we are part of and what God calls us to. And that partnership means that we give ourselves to it. That's why it costs. It costs time. It costs effort. It costs money. It costs uh, our prayer. It costs spiritually. It costs emotionally. It costs relationally because we build relationships and then we send them off. And that's hard. I know. I wasn't born here. And John, and we worked with John. He got saved here. Now he's gone but he's not gone forever. He's in partnership and we're connecting and, he, and there's so much more for the kingdom. And I get that sometimes that's a little bit painful to say goodbye, but if we let that stop us having the vision and the passion, we're being robbed. And if we think, well, I can't do anything, it's just me here, you can do so much. Because the more you get involved, the more you give yourself to here and there, the more effective we can be. And I get that not everybody's going to be traveling around the globe. But it's not about that. It is and it isn't. It's about a heart and a, and a call and understanding what God has called us to. So actually, for us to impact beyond, we need to be a strong, healthy, base church that gives of ourselves. How do we do that? By being strong, mature believers that give ourselves locally so that locally we can give ourselves translocally. There was a picture I was given prophetically when I was somewhere in the world, I can't remember where, for us as a church. And the guy said, I just see a picture of clown shoes. And immediately my mind went different direction. He said, the point about a clown shoe is the, the, the footprint that the shoe leaves on the floor is far greater than the size of the foot in the shoe. And he said he felt and recognized prophetic ministry, he said he felt that that was something of what God had for us. That the size of the impact is going to be disproportionate to the size of us. That, and now listen to me, that doesn't mean we need to be content with small. It means we need to have an expectation that no matter how large we get, the impact is going to be far greater. So no matter how small we are now, the impact is already bigger. If if you had said to me a number of years ago that there would be a church plant from this church into Kyrgyzstan, I wouldn't have believed you because I didn't even know where it was until I agreed to go there with John. But 
a Crawley boy got saved and is now impacting a nation. And there are people in their village who are part of an unreached people group. That's not just John and Saula. That's part of our inheritance. That's why we're here. Because if we weren't here, John wouldn't have got saved. If you were part of the people who reached out to John, you're part of that. That's what God's called us to. That's what we give. That's why we get excited about local church because it's not just local; it's local in partnership with translocal. As we give ourselves to local, we impact beyond, and so we also give ourselves to beyond. And so, what's happened is it's been. I, I, I have been incredibly grateful to God that this family have come to Crawley. From I know you know the story about um, London and then here, but it means that actually. He can preach when I'm not around. But also, they're also part of the Translocal team. So we've been talking about and believing, God, what are you saying for the south of England? Because we've got partnerships up north. So there's the guys in Hampstead and beyond. But we've been saying, God, what are you saying about the south? And I've been looking at some of the places that we've had churches before that have partnershiped, and some of those churches no longer exist. And so we've been praying and thinking through and looking at a, a band across the south from the west us central and the east say god what are you saying and here the partnership relationship comes in you see we've got phil and sam who are in london and we've got some contact with people who've started again in brighton when there was a church plant from this church there and through the years all sorts of things happened and so we're looking at connecting with them again but looking at the west what is a key city so we say well what do we see in scripture it's like there are people there that knew each other in different places and they called them to go and so Rachel and Berigus are part of this church community. And they have two sons, Zach and Thomas. You know them. Yeah. Zach and Rishma happen to live near Bristol or in Bristol. So we think, actually, what's the city on the west that could have a huge impact for the kingdom that we need to start praying into? And we think, well, actually, we know someone who's in the Bristol area. It happens that they've been in contact with us all the way through saying, we're trying to find a church, we're battling to get involved in the church, and the churches we've gone to, they then com- we think it's okay, then they compromise on this. And, they, uh, and so, they, so we said, well, we'll pray for you. And we're thinking, actually, we're going to, and we've already been praying for them in some of the prayer meetings with the vision, with the view that come September, October, we might, we're going to send, the plan is to send a team from here to go to Bristol just to pray around Bristol and say, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Not that they will plant a church or anything else, but because we know someone there. And our desire is that actually every city, town, village, in every nation, there is a local church. That's a key place in the West. We're in the middle. So that's what we, And you might have been at the prayer meetings where we prayed for them already. But, but we're going to be sending teams to Bristol to pray. Fast forward to the last few weeks. Andrew and Yvonne, who are also part of this church, were in Africa on holiday. And they were invited by my brother to go to a partnering elders gathering of partnering church leaders in that region in Africa. They were there, and they're not elders here. That was just an invite. They went. Someone stood up and started speaking about a connection that they had where a couple had left their church 22 years ago to come to England, and they settled in a city, got involved in churches, and then was a little bit... Uh, disheartened by churches come and go and churches come and go in that city 
and really felt a stirring from God to start a church. So two years ago, they started a church. This couple had recently visited them in the last few months to, to see how they were doing and what their church was. You know where the church is? Bristol. So Yvonne quickly messaged me, James, these people have been speaking. I've spoken to them. Here are their numbers. So there's a partnership connection. So this week I spoke to Ike and Catherine who lead that church in Bristol, a new church. And I spoke to Thomas and um, Arishma, I mean, Zach and Rishma. This Sunday, if everything's gone according to plan, Zach and Rishma are visiting that church in Bristol. Doesn't mean that we're not going to go to Bristol and pray. We are. But it might now be with Zach, Rishma, Ike, Catherine and the church. Or it might still just be with one and work with the other. But you see how the partnership works. You see how there's strength in that because there's something of God's talking to us about this band across England. God, it seems right there because there's a relationship. So we start praying, God move, God raise someone up. Unbeknown to us, God's already on the case. Surprise, surprise. And that is a connected relationship. And so I and Catherine have asked if they can partner and work with us as a ministry team anyway this last two weeks. See how God works. So when we say we're going to go to Bristol to pray, it's not far. It doesn't require a visa. If you get a lift, it doesn't require anything except your time. Go and be part of that. That's investing in the nations beyond. The same thing with Sam and Phil in London. We've said to them, how can we best encourage you and strengthen you and help you? So the incredible thing is that they planted, you know them if you've been here for a while, they planted the church in Hampstead Heath the church meeting is at 5 o'clock on a Sunday evening. And there's a direct train from Crawley to West Hampstead and a 10-minute walk from the train station to their venue, which means that we can go on a Sunday in an afternoon to go and encourage, strengthen, and help them. So that's what we're going to do. So from September, October, because we don't do anything in August because of summer holidays and everybody goes do lally. What we're going to do is we're going to alternate Bristol and Hampstead. Bristol and Hampstead. You don't have to go to both in the same month. You can go, well, it'll be different months. But, you, but wherever we send a team up, it's, it might not even be leaders. It might just be actually who can go up just to be part of their meeting. I said to them, how can we help? And they said, anywhere, even if people just come and sit and sing during worship and they're face to preach to, that's going to encourage us. Why? Because they're a small church plant Connected like that, but sometimes week in, week out, it feels like this. But when we who are close can go, it feels like that. And that's how you can get involved. One train ticket, Sunday afternoon. You can still come here on a Sunday morning, so don't say, I'm going there in the evening, so I'm not coming here. Mm, work like that. You come here, then in the evening we can go up there. And we go up there not to be entertained or to be served, but to serve. So that if one week Phil says, James, I'm exhausted, can you send someone in that team who can preach? We'll do that. Can we send a worship team so that actually Sam doesn't have to do it this week? We can do that. Can you just come and help us set up? We can do that. Why? Because God's called us locally to be translocal. And those are close. So join with us as we do that. And we're still praying about the East I do know someone in Tunbridge Wells, but he's already told me, he was the best man at my wedding, he said, James, I would be your worst parishioner, let alone anything. I'm a, he's a great friend, but he said he's so all over the place with work, he would be the worst one. So he's not the one, but we're praying, God, what are you saying about the east, southeast? So if you know someone 
And you think, actually, there's a possible relationship and connection. Not for our sake, but because God's called us to impact beyond. Come talk to us. Why? Because then we can build. Because they will be stronger and we will be stronger and the effectiveness of the kingdom would be multiplied. What we have done is, because I know there are lots of places and names, and I'm, thank you, in this heat, I did say to Lisa, I'm going to try and be short because it's hot, but I haven't been. On the back wall, you'll see there's that map where it says, on mission together for the king. And we've always had the spot where John and Sal were. We've now started with washing lines, and as soon as I get more and more photos of the different people, we're putting them on there. And I, I know that there are some spelling errors, but that was seen after I printed them out and laminated them yesterday afternoon, and I didn't have the energy, the time, or anything in the heat of this building on a Saturday afternoon to redo them. So bear with me. They'll be right next week. But we're going to do that so that you can put a face and a name to a place. Because I get that actually if you've never met them, it's a little bit hard. And so we already know about Dennis and Vanessa who moved to, to um, Spain, Alicante, to plant. And we're praying for them. As soon as we get a photo of them, we'll put that up there. As soon as we get more photos from the others, so that you can actually see. So that because we as a church have been called to be a base to impact beyond. And we do it not on our own, but in partnership with a heart for the nations. So what does it mean for you and I? It means that the more we give ourselves locally, the more we locally can give ourselves translocally. And that is the apostolic heart that Werner is speaking about. And it's just not, and not just one or two that goes anybody can come with. And if God opens a door and who knows, maybe you might not go to Kyrgyzstan, but maybe you're going to go and plant in Bolivia. I don't know. But you see, when we say, God, wherever you lead us, that's where we're going. Whatever you've called us to, that's what we're going to give ourselves to. That's when we see the kingdom come. It's a huge vision. It's a huge privilege. There is a cost. And I'll tell you, the privilege outweighs the cost. And the cost is always worth it because it's eternal. That's why we're here. So please, the next time that you feel it's just me and Crawley, remember the crazy diagram. Remember that it's far beyond that. That the more you get involved and give yourself, the more you receive. The more that you give yourself and your gifts and your abilities and your homes and everything else and time to hear and to go, the more that happens here. That's what he's called us to. It's not comfortable, but it's privilege and it's a joy. And it's much bigger than you can ever imagine. And your impact, just like the church's impact, small shoe, big footprint, your impact, you might think, I'm a small person, you've got a big impact because you've got God on your side. What he calls you to, you can do far more than you can ever imagine. And your impact will go beyond what you can ever think of. And sometimes you will only see that impact in heaven and not this side of heaven. Because God is working where we don't even see. Through things that we do that we're not even aware of. Because everybody needs Jesus. Yes, they need love and acceptance and everything else, but they need Jesus. The gospel needs to be preached. You can put in community projects and all sorts of things, but if you don't have Jesus, you've got nothing. We have Jesus. They need Jesus. That's why we're here. The world needs Jesus. That's why we're working together. I encourage you, give yourself to what God's called us to. 
let's pray, then you can go through. There's water, there's squash, there's tea, there's coffee, there's... Apparently there's cake this morning, thanks to Rachel. Mm. But remember, the more you give yourself, so be preference, let others go first. But I would get there before the children if I was you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this incredible thing that you've called us to, which is your kingdom that we are a part of, that you've made a way through your Son. Lord, the incredible privilege of how this works. Lord, I pray that something of the bigness of what you've called us to has ignited something in each one of our hearts, that the understanding of that would help bring transformation so that as we give ourselves to whatever you tell us to do, we'd not forget the fact that the impact is for eternity and way beyond what we know here. Father, thank you for John and Saula. Thank you for all these partnerships. We pray for those churches. We pray for the team. We pray for Tyra and Nicole. We pray for those, uh, the guys in Bristol. Lord, that you would open our eyes to see, that you would open more and more doors of opportunity, that as we get to put those things in place, we would see your kingdom come. Use us, Lord, we pray. Every single one, the youngest to the oldest, that we would be effective and fruitful in doing what you've called us to. We thank you, God, for the privilege of being involved in building your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for your patience while I spoke about that. I know the heat. You're welcome to have your tea and coffee, whatever, in the garden, in the shade. Please just feel free. But if your children are next door, you do need to collect them. Have a wonderful week. Remember, every Sunday we now have prayer meeting from 10 o'clock in the morning, so you can be here to pray together, not just for the meeting, but for other things as well. Thank you.